Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Night Shift by Doing Dope Things. Good this evening. <laughs> Good, e Good evening. <laughs> this is Tex. And this is Franco, and boy, do we have a treat today. We do have a treat today. First and foremost, we want to thank one of our newest sponsors and also the person that did our theme music, Mike B. The legendary. The legendary Mike B, a.k.a. Little Funky. AKA Mike B Tracks. We are at Studio 323 on the south side of Houston, or the southwest side of Houston, because we were advised that there's a difference. There and uh, we're going to take it back a little bit. Uh, we, uh, our guest and I, and us, all of us, we used to work together at this uh, little store that we didn't really know that, that all this talent, creative talent, was going on Seriously. in the background. You know? That place was just oozing with talent. Are we saying oozing today? Oozing. Yeah. It was off. coming out of every orifice. I apologize. Thank you, sir, for apologizing. That was bullshit. But anyway, uh, we have a young lady here who uh, came to us from the parole system, and I don't mean <laughs> that she was. Technically correct. I am technically correct. Technically correct. Because uh, see here... Even though we don't do any fact-checking or anything of that nature. I mean, I wouldn't just put ourselves out there like that. I but. mean, we do do fact-checking on certain stuff. But since we're not going on any specific topic today, uh, for those that don't know, the opinions of us are our facts and only ours. Well, but the thing, we don't claim to be expert on anything but, but ourselves. Exactly right. All righty. But uh, she came directly to us from the uh, parole system. Came straight out of there. Came to, I mean, fuck it. I guess I'll say it now. I mean, I, we all used to work for T-Mobile. Oh, God damn it. I don't give a fuck. Shit. I'm tired of not saying it <laughs> online. <laughs> but. We uh, were different then. We now have the talented Miss Charity Vaughn with us today. Or is it Charity Yvonne? Or is it it's Charity, Charity Works? I changed it to Charity Work. It was getting too difficult with Yvonne. That's my middle name, so. All right. But people's jacking it up. So. All right, so. Like Tex just did Yeah, right like he literally just did. Okay, well, tell the people who you are. I'm Charity Work. I'm a music producer. Houston native. I don't know what else to say. All right. That's really. That's it? That's all you got? That's all I really have right now. That's just who all I right. am. That's, That's cool. what I... So, I mean, uh, we like to start all of our interviews asking uh, just how has life been? How's everything? How do you feel? What's, how you, what, what's your headspace right now? Life is uh, a lesson. <laughs> it's a big, a big lesson. But no, so far, so good. It's really what you make it. And right now, I'm making it what I want it to be. Um, I live in Atlanta now. So, you know, it's always something going on. It's always some kind of circle to put yourself in, to enjoy yourself and enjoy life. And with other black people, no offense to, you know, no other cities, but Atlanta's pretty great. All right, I so, don't know. So, sounds great. That's just where I am. I'm, I'm enjoying myself and I'm doing what I love to do, and that's music. So you would say there's, you know, the phrase now, the kids on the streets say, living your best life. Yes. So we're going to start off this interview. Uh, I'm going to ask a real hard-hitting question, and you probably knew this was coming. Uh, so what's going on with the Steelers? What happened? I don't want to talk about it. I'm here to talk about music. and <laughs> Wow. <laughs> this. That's, you know what? I don't, I just, um, I mean, I'm going to leave it at that. With us. Um, okay, well, let us ask you this then. Okay. This is just a, I mean, I just want to ask you this. 
How do you feel about the sale of Whataburger to the Chicago-based company? I mean, do you feel that Whataburger is going to be trash oh, now? Wait, what happened? Whoa, you whoa, whoa, we have wait a minute. Hitting. You yeah, just broke some news. I broke news today? You did. So, like, so that's the, yeah, that's the the word on the street. The hottest news on the blog is that Whataburger, who sold was a majority stake, family-owned business, has sold a majority stake to a bank out of Chicago with plans to basically expand. And who knows what the future stores for Whataburger? No, 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 no. That's our thing. That Whataburger is for us. That's. <laughs> so is it safe no. to say that Whataburger is the first place that you go when you come home? Oh yeah, Whataburger and Shipley's. Like okay. I have to have those. Get them kolaches. Of course, you guys. Of course. Like beef. But I can't, uh, hold on. So was Waterburger in trouble financially? No, nah, not yes. at all. So basically, from what I read, anyway, I don't consider myself an expert on these types of things. But yeah, although they were doing well, they did not have the capital to expand properly. And now that they bring sold, they have the option, or they're going to have the ability to open warehouses all over the country. Be able to franchise out and so that means frozen meat. It's not gonna be. I don't know what that means. It's gonna be like I'm just simply stating that you know. I mean, saying uh, enjoy these last few days of you know fresh made to order beef. I mean, uh, usually when these things happen, quality goes down, price goes up. But Uh, Waterburger is already pretty pricey. You're already breaking the twenty no matter what. Quality, quality. It is like I had In and Out, and I was just like never again. (laughs) Hold on. In and out of For those that don't know, Franco or my co-host Pancho Reyes <laughs> is a native Los Angelino who will uh, will not deal with any slander of In and Out. I mean, just based off the facts. Facts of what? Facts. Two quarter pound patties, lightly seasoned with <laughs> cheese in between, spread on the bottom bun with fries and a drink. You spread for, on the bottom bun? They're spread. It's like oh, spread. okay. All right. $4.28. Yeah. Whataburger could never. It's not about no. the flavor. We're I promise about you quality. It's, it's about, We're about value. quality. Whataburger is about quality. We don't have to ask if it's really beef. Ooh. We don't have to question Ooh. that. I don't think I've ever we asked. Are, exactly. All right, it's well, never a question. I like Fat Burger more than In and Out. If you know about Fat Burger, then you know. Fat Burger is more of a neighborhood type spot, but Fat Burger hits, especially when it's three in the morning. But okay. In and Out closes at one. But I mean, uh, not to chase the rabbit or anything. We're on the subject of quality. Uh, I feel like as of late, you've released your best quality of work. I think. Had I not known that you had produced For the Three, which is probably my oh, favorite wow. song on the last Big Crit EP, that's, I mean, that was a great song. Uh, how did Thank that you. come about? Uh, it started with my production partner, Mark Bird. Shout out to him. Uh, we was in the studio with Crit. That was my first time meeting Crit. I didn't actually think he was going to be there because usually that's kind of how it goes yeah. sometimes. Usually like, yeah, we're going to the studio. Yeah, yeah. we going in the studio just to work on something for someone. Right. But he was actually in there. Like, he wanted us next to him. That's how Crit is. He's super cool. And he's the type, like, don't play him a thousand beats. He don't want to hear a thousand beats. He's going to play what he's working on, where he's at musically and his headspace, where he is. And then... um he asked us to play some stuff. So Mark played his music first that we did together. And Crit was feeling it, but he was like, all right, y'all got something else. And I was like, dang, I have something. I know this would go hard because me and 5'9", shout out to him, 5'9", uh, he produced for Pow Wow. And um, 
see stone so he already had that type of feel yeah like so we collabed on that beat together already and mark added to it but once i hit play for crit he's like I need that. I need that. And I was like, yes. What does I that already feel like? Yeah, for real. Like, because it's the... just like when you already a fan of somebody, you for just real. know that one. I was just waiting on that moment. I'm like, I know I have one that Crit will like because Crit is, his sound is close to the Houston sound to me. It's yeah. so Southern. It's so soulful. And it reminds me of Pimp C a little bit. So, so I feel like Big Crit to me, he's one of my favorites. He's low key, low key for me. Let's not get into an argument now, but. He's like Don't the, look over he's here. like the southern goat right now. It's just like because it's an amalgamation of like the best outcast stuff and the best UGK stuff and his modern production and everything just sounds good. And he's like he's woke, but he's not like beating you over the head with it. So, so I, I'll right. tell you, for me with Crit, for me, I would already kind of like him as a person. And I think that's part of the battle with me. As you know, it's a it's a big thing of mine. Like, there's some people, I fuck with their music, but I don't really fuck with them. You know what I'm saying? X. He's somebody I could... They call that the Drake syndrome. <laughs> I'm... I don't know, man. That motherfucker there, man. Anyway, we, not, we are not here to talk about Aubrey and shit. I mean, he made good music and stuff, but that's neither here nor there. But with Big Crit, um, I've always liked the progression of, of him. And even though it doesn't sound like he's taking chances, he does take chances by just taking his career back to itself. Definitely. Exactly. I like that. That was the shit where I was like, oh, okay, you're taking it back in your own hands. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Majors are cool. They got checks and all that kind of stuff. But if you know you can do it better, and if you're willing to stand on your own sword for better or for worse, then I can always respect that. And plus the music is always good to me. Plus, he was the first motherfucker when I used to watch that Rhythm Roulette shit. He fucking Bruh, produced he his beat, then rapped on that bitch, and I was like, shit, this is what I'm talking that's about right here. Yeah, that's yeah. the top episode shit. Now, you know, now that we're on the subject with like Rhythm Roulette, there was a cypher a few years back that you also produced uh, you know, the beat for. Can you tell us a little about that? Oh, the XXL, <laughs> yes. was it 2016? When everybody was saying it was the trash, the trashest one. Ma'am, I'm not going to lie. Everybody. <laughs> but look at everybody now. You got see, 21, Denzel. It's everybody doing something. That's crazy. Like People that, are still here. That double XL freestyle, at the time, everyone was shitting on it. But kind of weird how that was kind of a turning point in music. That was kind of when like the streaming era and just like that type of music really took off, which I feel is like, it was a really a turning point in hip hop, which to now, I mean, it was weird because even when I when I went to New York to watch yeah. them do the photo shoot. So how did they even? Get, how did you even? How was it going from? You were somewhere one day, and then they were like, "All right, uh, can you walk us through?" Well, basically, a lot of people don't know some of the things you did prior to all of this. Mm -hmm. Can you take people through your beat battle run? Ooh. Okay, um, 2014. 2014, it was Space City Beat Battle out here in Houston. I was already going to them just to watch. Mm -hmm. I never thought I would be in it because I don't know. I just I wasn't taking production that serious yeah. yet. But when 2014 hit, you know, I graduated from college and I was just I was working a parole job as you know <laughs> text told everyone i was working parole and i was just like man this is really not what i want to do and i enjoyed making music i was still 
just make music in my apartment every now and again. And somebody was like, you can really be something if you just just try and take it yeah. serious. And I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. I okay. mean, everybody's scared to fail. That's so, true. So um, I was just like, well, you know what? I'm going to get in this beat battle, the Space City beat battle. If I do good, I keep going. If not, I'm about to go look for an old company job and try to <laughs> make real. some money. money. Get the money. And the first battle I did, I came in second place. So I got invited to do the next round. Then the next round, I came in second place again. And that's when I lost to Nate Coop. Nate Coop was, uh, he's from San Antonio. And at the time he came in, I'm like, who is this coming in Houston? And right, you know, yeah. he was killing everybody. He was cold. I'm not going to lie. Still is. But um, that happened. And then it was the championship round. And it was, it came down to me and Nate Coop. We beat out everybody else, and it came down to us two. And I was ready, I was ready for Nate. Okay. And then I won. You know, I won. I beat Nate, and after that we collabed. I don't know how. No, that's when I stand. It's, it's crazy. It's so many beat battles, but uh, <laughs> I did. It was that, and then it was the I standard beat battle, and Nate wanted to get in that. I had, I, I was already crowned champion. You know. So, so I was you were like, the I can defending champion. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I know the I standard people. I've done the I standard show before. That's more like a showcase more than a beat battle. I got you. Like you be in front of uh like Bink. I don't know if y'all familiar with Bink. Uh, uh, I don't know it's B I N K with a yeah Bink S one uh Justice League Cardo. You in front of people, people like yeah, like people yeah. who have had hits exactly. And so I was. I did one of their shows and I got cool with the guy there, uh, Sis of I Standard. And that's when Nate was like, yo, how can I get down with the I Standard and do the showcase? And I was like, oh, I'll introduce you to Sis. So it went from there and then Sis was like, you know what? Beast of the Beats is coming up. Y'all both been winning. How about y'all just collab and y'all just be a, like a team and y'all do the Beast of the Beast in Atlanta. And that's when we had to compete against like 100 other producers. And we won. Damn. So I'm making a long story short because it's so much in between. It's like you just showed up and won. And that's yeah, like, what I really just, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, I mean it's okay. that's just what so, it looked like, especially so, being a female. So it, let me tell you it was real so dramatic. On this show, great. you are allowed to toot your own horn, pat yourself on the back, uh, say, I'm the best because if you don't wake up in the morning with that type of attitude, that's true. How are you gonna succeed? That's true. See, this is why I used to love working with you. I used to get these talks. So that was that, was, that helped. So I used to talk to charity <laughs> all the time. Sometimes, like it'll just be people. It, sometimes it'll be people in the room. Sometimes it might not be nobody. But I always say, you got this shit. You can do this shit. If it's time, listen. Before she left, I was like, hey. If it's time for you to go, get the fuck up out of here. Yeah, I left. You know what I'm saying? It was so like, it was just like, you could tell the shit was like, oh, I got to come in here another day. <laughs> I could be out here making fucking beats and shit. You know, it just. But I mean, like, that's that's how everyone was at that point. I mean, we were in there selling phones and like we, how me and Tex say every episode. We were in there having some some real ass conversations and customers would come and interrupt us. It was I, it was just bad. I just I wasn't good at that job. 
that job sucked. I wasn't good at selling phones. <laughs> then I felt bad because I'm like, I'm really making these people buy stuff they really don't need or really can't afford. It was just kind of trash. Well, hold up now. One of us uh, still makes their living that way. So. I mean, that's you're a great salesman. But, I mean, for me, it's more like it's stability. You know what I'm saying? It's Plus, a, Tex, you just love to talk, man. That's I do perfect love to talk. I get to talk all day. <laughs> I know. Nah, no, you the man. You the man over there. Like, Listen, that was great. A lady I was... told me today, and this is no bullshit. I was telling her, hey, you know, the next time you come here, I might not be here. Because, you know, I'm trying to move up like everybody else. She was like, no. We need people with good customer service in the neighborhood. And I was like... I appreciate that. But they don't pay you to good ha- they, you know? they don't pay me for good customer service. But I say this uh, to say that it's for everybody out there. If you are doing something, if you are doing something that you don't particularly have any love for, don't do it. I'm tired of you motherfuckers just, you know, fucking up my order because you mad you at work late at night and shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm tired. Man, I went to Fry's the other day, and this shit pissed me off. Man, this dude was on the phone the whole time. All I'm looking for was an adapter for my HDMI cord. But you couldn't just... He just point. Like, I I don't work here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's neither here nor there. You killed him at the I-standard beat battle. You and Nate, rather. Where does that lead to as far as the freshman beat? I'm going to get there. But let me just say, let me rewind and say this, though, with the whole what I did learn at T-Mobile from both of y'all because y'all were great salesmen. Salesmen. And the thing is relationships. Relationships will get you so, so, so far. But um, relationships. And that's where this is going to come in with the whole XXL thing. So even after we won the B battle, a lot of people win these events and they just move on and just be ready to, you know, shoot for the stars, which is great. But I kept my relationship, me and they, we kept our relationship with I standard. Okay. So when they have opportunities to come up, you know, the people that they have relationships with, it goes in the pot first. It's it's, right. it's a big gamble. I mean, that's all it really is. So you know, me and Nate was still cool. We was traveling around with them just to um, meet people. And we submitted our beats, and they picked them. They picked, uh, they actually picked two, but they only used one, and that was the one they used for. Um, it was designer. Was oh. it Lil Dicky? Geek, geek, geek. Oh lord. Designer, Lil Dicky, <laughs> Anderson <laughs> Pack, which I was like fangirling out over him at the time. And who else? Hold was on. it just those three? It, nah, it was another R and B dude on that one. I, uh, I just remember design. Oh, it, it was a long day. Oh my god! Yeah, I it could, was so many takes. It was just they couldn't get it together. It was interesting and crazy part. I thought little Yachty was somebody's little cousin. I didn't know he was actually an artist. I didn't know who he was at the time. I didn't know Twenty One at the time. He was ducked off to the side, like doing his own thing, real quiet. The main one that was acting a fool that day was Kodak Black. He wanted everybody right. to know. That he was in the building and he was, I don't know, he just kept playing his music. Like he kept pulling up his music, kept playing his music and being loud and just being him. Being Kodak. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't know who half of those people so were. Of the people that you named, uh, of the, I would say of those, well, of course, 21 Savage by far. Sir 21. 
Yes, sir, 21. Of <laughs> now, when you met 21 Savage, did you have any idea he was British? Yeah, did you have any idea? No, I just knew. I didn't, I've never heard of him. I never heard of him. But I'm saying, did and he speak with an accent? He didn't. Or that's what I said. When I said he was to the side. I'll take one. Yeah, I'll take one. When I said he was to the side and not talking to anybody, only when it was time for him to freestyle. 21, 21. That was the only time he really talked. He wasn't talking to any other other people even like g herbo he was cool too and i've never heard of him either i was just so green i guess i didn't you know who i hate couldn't have done a freshman freestyle and i was listening to his music the other day who? little snoop oh man well I, I mean i just feel like you know what i'm saying that this was just because i just happened to be listening to that the other day i just brought that up that's just an aside but 21 i like g herbo has some hits too I, some. I i like his style of rap and it's yeah. Let me uh, let me not go there because I was about to say something real sacrilegious because you know his storytelling and stuff kind of remind me like he has some songs that remind me of like Tupac, but that's neither here nor there. It's okay. I mean, yeah, I, I, I like to draw comparisons, you know. And that's cool and everything. Well, I'm not a Tupac is the goat person, so neither. well, neither am I. So no, not. it's not a. And I mean, everybody noticed at the cookout if you hang around me that I say that shit all the time. Not saying I don't love Tupac, mm -hmm. but I love the energy of Tupac. Mm -hmm. It was like Facts. Tupac was an artist, but he wasn't really out there like, you know. yeah. Yeah, because I mean, matter of fact, I'm not going to say that because I might be on Mike Tyson hotboxing one day and I'm not going to try to get that work from he him. might knock don't you out. Punched. Yeah, for real. Now, I understand that you started off, you know, making the music in your apartment. But prior to the beat battles, what was it that said to you, you know what, man, this music, what was it like? Were you at PV doing it? Were you... Uh, what were some inspirations, too? Because, like, having heard now, you know, I did a little preparation. Besides listening to the latest Big Crit stuff, uh, you have a very unique production style. It's like, where do you draw inspiration from? And, like, what do you really, like... How do you try to stand out from all the other stuff? Because a lot of stuff these days sounds the same. So, like, how do you avoid falling into those traps? Um, I'm, I'm, I go based off of feeling. I don't go based off of what sounds, what's cool and what's trending at the time. Like, I started, I used to be in the band, but at first, in middle school, I used to play an instrument. Then I went to play sports. Then when I got in high school, I played sports. I played basketball, track. I'll what high school did you go to? Rawshaw, Sterling. Oh. Yes. Um, yes. Selinski, MLK, that way. Right. I made it. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing with that was, like, I wanted to be closer to music, and it stemmed from really the whole the bad boy era. Like, Oh, yeah. Diddy is a true salesman, okay? When I say he sold the dream, he sold it. And I, I bit the bait. I wanted to be a part of the industry. And then when I heard... Timbaland and Missy, I was really so. That was some game changing shit. It really, I've never heard nothing like that. Like when I first heard Up Jumps the Boogie, I was like, oh shit, okay, uh, this is crazy. One other thing, Magoo, he needs to get his flowers now. He may sound like Q Tip a little bit, but he, he actually a lot of he can, he can, he, he, can he can get down though. Like he, for what he added to that, I mean, I'm not saying he's flavor flavor and shit, but I'm just saying, like, oh no, come on. 
Well, Flavor Flavor's a talented motherfucker. Motherfucker play 15 instruments, shit. You can drop Damn. him off in the studio by that. himself. Me neither. Fun fact, shit. boom. Yeah, he can drop him off by himself, but he just don't have the other shit. You know, the discipline part of it. I guess you could That's say that. The, because it does. Well, I mean, I mean, he, besides like the public enemy stuff, he still remained relevant. I mean, a lot of love. love. You know, you know, the most legendary reality show of all time. That's possibly. the one that stopped me from watching reality <laughs> shows and shit. I seen that shit. <laughs> Motherfuckers kissing Flavor Flavor oh, in yeah, the mouth. Was, that, was, <laughs> that was next level. That that was, like, who allowed this to happen? I mean, it did bring us the I love New York shit and all that. That Man, was ignorant. Dude, that but was, I loved it. They, they're still <laughs> spinning off from that show. <laughs> the only other show that was probably uh, better than that. Was that MTV shit where they would get on that bus? Oh, next. <laughs> next. next. Wow. They was to get off the bus <laughs> next. Fuck out of here. Yeah, that shit, that was pretty funny. I forgot about that. Oh, and the game on the dating show. That was uh, always going to be up there. But uh, back to your inspirations after uh, you averaging 3.2 and 1.1. Wait a minute. 3.2? We can wow, put this gear no, down right now. I'll, Look, I think I saw I'm, a basketball hoop outside. I'm just messing. Settle this right now. To, to those. What days. instrument did you play though when you were playing the instrument? The clarinet. Dude, the clarinet is a very robust. You know, in I Mexican didn't... music, clarinet is like in the upper echelon. Oh really? Yes, no, it is. Yeah, the clarinet. Thing. Yeah, yeah, the clarinet. That shit goes That's hard. Well, you know, that shit goes hard. That shit ain't shit. I, I'm gonna have to show you some shit later. <laughs> yeah, you I'm can't even you, hear it in the march. First band, of all, right? I don't know if you know this, but Franco was a child mariachi. Yeah, I was. I think you told me that. Yeah, I was. I can't wait no, to see yeah, that shit. No, yeah, because like, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah I was. Uh, I was five years old, and uh, where I grew up, it was like mostly Latino. It was like ninety percent Hispanic, mostly Mexican. So we didn't have like a marching band. We had an actual fucking mariachi. So you know, we signed up for that. It was a free daycare for my parents. So they were like, hell yeah, <laughs> and you know, I actually learned I was decent because I came from a musical background, and it was cool. That's it, dope. I wish I would have stuck to it because when I was growing up, you know, I was fully immersed in all the Mexican culture and stuff like that. But I kind of resented it because I knew that I want to do something more than that. I felt like that was very limiting. Looking back at it now, I should have just stuck to it and just knocked that out and just moved on to the next thing. But I just really, I really resented it for a long time. Uh, and I think one of the biggest issues for me was that I just didn't want to be boxed in. I didn't want to mm. just be thought, just because I'm Mexican, oh, you play Mexican music and that's that's all it is. Now, my good segue is leading me to, you know, you're a woman in production. And I don't know how that's like for you, but have you, like, seen any, like, just people hating on you just because you're a girl or just, like, people doubting you or, you, you know, maybe people not giving you the respect you deserve? Not you know what I would say in the beat battle world because it is a separate world. No, I was getting a lot of respect and a lot of love, especially here in Houston. I mean, you know, hometown. Yeah, it was a lot of love, and it was just uh, the whole wow, female. I gotta hear this. Yeah, it was so mainly yeah, it, like they it would get like, me into the rooms, but it would mainly be like it was. It was like they were sizing you up, trying to see if yeah. you was really Pretty about much. It. Like, let me see if she's going to be trash or not. Because I've I n- yeah. never heard no female producers like I, that. I, man, this shit is all right, man. I'm just so, sitting here, and I'm just kind of like, I'm thinking back to this shit. So, you were there. Charity was there. Boy Hash. Boy Hash. Jedi was there. And that's how I met him. He was host. He was over the Space City Beat Battle. Damn. But then, take it forward even more. 
We got the lead singer of Terra Costa. He yeah. used to work at fucking exactly. But I don't think he overlapped with Charity. He I didn't. think I think I wish they would have met. I think now. Ryan got his ass out of there yeah, by Ryan the time got Charity. His ass out. No, he transferred to another store. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Sent him like Fuquay or something. That shit. That was man. I'm I'm just sitting there thinking of like there was a lot ne- of talent in that building, man. You never know who you're like next to until you know they're not there anymore. Man, exactly. Now, and you know, Hash would be here had he not moved to fucking Dallas. Dallas. Huh? Dallas. What? He's in Dallas now. Hash Brown. I mean, yeah. yeah. Ryan. Ryan, yeah. aka Hash Brown, aka I Jedi didn't know Master, that. resident of Dallas, Texas. Yeah, resident. I hope he. Shut I hope up. he hears this. Resident of Dallas, he Texas, Ryan Rayford. Well, Damn. I mean, you sometimes you gotta make <laughs> I mean, certain nah, moves. I know. You I do just, gotta I move. Just, you know, it's just Houston, Dallas. After, I always all, got after all the shit, we all talked the about shit Dallas. we talked about Dallas. I mean, so long as he don't come back and one in booty cuts, we good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and don't get me wrong. I remember when dudes from Dallas was wearing had the booty cut and would have finger waves. They was on some other shit with leather on. With leather on in you the are, summer. You are correct. They wear. They still wear no mesh, type of ventilation. Mesh tank tops is big in Dallas for dudes. They do some crazy shit. I mean, they were popular in L.A. too, like late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, if you was Man. in the punk scene, you was fucking <laughs> listening to goddamn Henry Rollins and Black Flag and shit. But other than that, so fuck all that bullshit. Let's get back to what we was talking about. Um, now, I understand what brought about. The name change, not for charity, but for explain to the people what is God level and where can I get one of those T-shirts? Man, okay, so that was gonna be you know the later down the line, but since you asked, God level is me and Mark Bird. He started it. I'm the co-founder. I wish he was here. He was supposed to come here. Uh, He's gonna be here in July. But anyway. Mark Bird produced and wrote for Kanye West, uh, Saha, which is how I got on that album, and Cassie, a, a lot of people. Got you. So I like how she just casually drops these names <laughs> and shit. So, you know what I'm saying? I just, hey, you know, just produced for such and such, and okay, cool. Yeah, you know, just a little work, slight work. What's Cassie up to these days? Uh, she's just pregnant. Like she's pregnant. Pregnant. <laughs> pregnant. But anyway. Congrats to that. But, um... Yeah, so after me and Nate, when Nate moved to L.A., he has an artist named uh, Who Killed Kenny. So he's on to come up. He's out of Austin, Texas. Oh, girl is with him. Uh, the the teacher. Jaleesa. Oh, Jaleesa. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jaleesa. Yeah, that's yeah, his yeah, yeah. Uh, PR yeah. girl. It's not a small world. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, they moved to L.A. Okay. And so I stayed in Atlanta. Mark Burr was in Atlanta, so it's like. We was hanging out and creating a lot of music together. It's like, we should just start a production team. At first, we were both iffy because he he came from a production team called The Freshman. He was producing with them, and then they had, they're doing their separate things now. And, you know, I was coming from with Nate. It was Coop and Charity. So it was kind of, we were a little hesitant at first. Right. But the music we were making, it was really on some God-level shit. It was sounding super crazy. And he was like, nah, let's let's start the brand and just go from there. And two, God level is it was it's really a state of mind. It's just when you think God level, it's just it's just a whole it's like you said, it's levels to the shit. There's levels to the shit. It's it's always gonna be levels to the shit. 
So that's how it is with the production and where we were mentally. It's just like we have to go in and know that we deserve it, that we are good enough, and we go into these rooms because you can get frustrated that, like I said, it's like a gamble. It's a it's a lottery pick, and you'll go in and you might not get picked a lot of times. Yeah. It's a lot of people that's producing out there, and especially if you don't have a hit on the radio or something known. That's always the question. Like, oh, what you do? What you did? What song? And it's always like, what you doing tomorrow? Like, what you got coming up? Right. You know? So it's like we have to really train our minds to just not be so hard on ourselves, but just know that we're dope. So that's where God level came that. from. See, that's, man. So that's okay. So that's, it's it's a whole thing. It's not, it's beyond music. Like, even though it's me, him, and we have our home, our other production homies out in uh, London and in France. Okay. Yeah, we met them through our standard. It's beat battles, it's like yeah. showcases, okay. and they'll. So yeah, it's those, it's those relationships that you cultivate. You never know, like, how someone will help you out later down enhance in life. Enhance your life. Enhance your life. Because, uh, I mean, I don't know how you, if you know about this, but like. As far as Franco and I go, when it comes to interviews and stuff like that, it's all relationship based, uh, working DMs and doing stuff like that. And it just and not giving a fuck and not giving a fuck. And like you said, you you have to re- recognize that you're dope. Me, there are many times that me and him are like, OK, how can we reinvent the wheel and shit? And then we realize we don't have to do that. We because just do whatever we can do. And because it's us, it'll just turn out. OK, because it was at one time we were going to. Add a female voice. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I talked to a female, and she was like, don't do that. You guys are okay. If you ever have some topics that you want to talk about with a female, just talk about them with a female, and that be it. We're not going to talk about certain issues because we realize that we're not experts, again, on anything but ourselves. <laughs> so we just do this shit. Uh, Doing dope things. We, 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 we like to think we are. And we get around, yeah. you know. And we, we've... Uh, I think for us, and I, and I guess it's similar for you, what was the transition like coming from Houston, being from here, and even though Atlanta is a black city, it's totally different. Mm-hmm. It's way more country than we are. It's mm-hmm. almost like Atlanta is an advanced Dallas. You know mm. what I'm saying? It's, uh, you know, it does have that, you know, it has its ups, its downs, like any city. That's still controlled by all Americans, uh, by the way. It's still the South. It's still the South. Oh, it's the South, South. It's yeah. Atlanta, then there's Georgia. So you just, you got to know it's the South. It's so what was it like when you first moved up there? Like, Because I've moved places sometimes and not had a place to stay, or I've, I've had a place to stay that I thought was going to be cool, and then that shit was kind of fucked off. And just what was the transition like for you, especially going into a, a pretty like cutthroat industry. Yeah, you're going to work. <laughs> you're going to work. Well, once again, like, me and Nate, when we were producing together, we was like, all right, Houston is cool, but we want to, first we were saying L.A., like, off the back. Then it was just like, ooh, cost of living. We right. got to have something going on out there. We don't have as many connects as we do in Atlanta right. from traveling so much. And at the time, Focus was living in Atlanta, so we were excited about that. Focus with uh, Aftermath, okay. the producer. And we got cool with him, just building relationships, traveling with iStandard. And um, we were just naming off people that's in Atlanta. 
and people that's in LA and the LA list was very slim. I mean, yeah. it was just like, um, but we have resources in Atlanta. Okay. So we was like, fuck it. Let's just, let's just do it. And that's at the time I was at T-Mobile and yeah. it was, it was a thought at the time, but then it started getting real. Like, okay, we looking for houses. Wow. We looking for houses. We looking for apartments. And then somehow right. next we, thing you know, you're putting down a deposit, putting down a deposit. We didn't think we was going to get anything. Cause the, the time, the window kept, it was just, it was dwindling down to the point. Nate was like, I don't know. Then uh, maybe we should just stay here. And I was like, Nope, let's come just on. Let's it. just, yeah, you gotta be persistent. And sure enough, somebody yeah. hit us back about a house. It was like, wow, we really about to do this. And right. you just left. I think I had to cover some of your shifts. <laughs> that shit was fucked up too. Like she, I mean, she didn't like burn off, burn off weeks. like that. You know I what put saying? in but, a notice. <laughs> but yeah. no, you you did bring you bring up an interesting point with the focus stuff and aftermath. You did wind up in a pretty interesting room and got oh, to meet yeah. a pretty interesting person. Yeah, you did. I saw a picture that I was a certain uh, medical professional. Yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know. He started off an ice cream truck, from what I understand. Yeah, I've heard similar things. He said he's been there. He's, he's done, done that. it. Uh, this same guy, uh, I don't know. He did uh, have an attitude at some point too. At some point, he had some of attitude. his friends. He was a he was a he's a kind of tripped out guy. He uh, I don't know, man. He he did a lot of stuff, man. He also used to wear doctor uniforms, you know, when he was DJing, you know. Yeah, he, was, he had this he, thing with headphones, and I think he sold it to some uh, fruit company or something. He did something like that. He's uh, actually started his own. Like, uh, did he donate a bunch of money to a college? Yeah, he might be in trouble for that one. He actually. might be. You know, <laughs> he, yeah, he might be in trouble for that one. But you know, this guy, he's a he's a pretty pretty well known. Pretty well known. Uh, he does math after. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's a... And he's responsible for reco- uh, discovering the candy known as M&M's. He or something like that. discovering if I that. Remember that he, correctly. he likes half a dollar a lot. He's a, you know... He left a sugary guy one night. I think the quality of these jokes are getting lower. <laughs> getting lower and lower. If but... You, if you haven't gathered who we're talking about by now... Uh, how did you one day wind up next to Andre Young. I have to know this. Uh, this is crazy. So it still goes into the whole when we moved to Atlanta. Okay. So me and Nate got to Atlanta. And the thing is, like, we got there and we just hit the ground running. And I don't even like going out. I'm a homebody. And clearly I like to make music and just be a nerd. I feel you on that. Sometimes yeah. I get a text message yeah. about something. I'm like, oh, I think yeah. I want to watch. Yeah, cartoons. but like if a movie come out, like when Endgame, I'm running to the oh, movies. Hell yeah. to see right. Anything yeah, we Marvel do that. and you know, but Atlanta, like everybody is so accessible. You can just go somewhere, like to a bar, and it's like you know what you call it might be in here. And sure enough, when we go, it's like you run into great people it's like somebody is somebody in, in atlanta like okay it was really confusing for me though because everybody looked like somebody so you got to be careful because yeah. everybody in there is just super fly don't matter the age like i went to uh it's this uh artist young artist named cody shane she's about to be like a super big deal or whatever and i somehow ended up like y'all remember sweet 16 the yeah. show on mtv the yeah. Yeah. yeah so how they have the big old party yeah and she come in make her granny pops out of the cake and shit like it was 
I somehow I ended up me and Nate ended up at her party and we had to sign like this MTV waiver. Thing. Oh, shit. It was crazy, but when I say kids in high school it was in Louis Vuitton, Louis space boots or something boots. I don't know. Like it's crazy. So it's just being in the mix. You meet certain people and like I said, Focus was there, but Focus had already went back to LA by the time by the time we got to Atlanta. Yeah. So we was really banking on that because I'm like, it's Focus. We really he invited us over. We were supposed to collab with him and everything, but he was already gone because I think it was right after, I guess after. Well, yeah, it was after Compton came out, and then. They was working on more stuff, so I guess folks was like, "I'm going back to LA. Yeah, okay, get I'm back to the money. I'm doing my thing." But um, that's when we were hanging out with Mark Bird a lot. So Mark Bird and Focus are really, really close. Okay, so when me and Mark Bird started collabing, Nate was already gone. He came back to Texas for a little bit, and Mark went out there and met Dr. Dre first. And it was crazy because, you know, the time is all crazy. So I, I was sleeping. He sent me the picture of him and Dr. Dre. That's fucked up. I woke up That's to that. Fucked up. You know, I was salty. I was yeah. just like, excuse me. Right. So maybe like a, a month or two later, we was already going to uh, L.A. Not for Nam. It was for something else. And I just had a feeling because I call Focus uucle because, I mean, I don't know. Everybody that's older than me, I just... I call him Uncle don't, Focus. Don't, 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 <laughs> Your don't Uncle Tex, yeah. So, that, <laughs> you know, if they you know, older and full of wisdom. In the room too. <laughs> and that's a whole nother motherfucker. If they're full <laughs> of wisdom, I'm like, it's Focus. I still try not to fangirl because sure. he's like so humble and like, nah. But um, we were out there. He was like, hey, Niche, you here? I was like, I'm here. So, me and Mark was together. And he was like, y'all come by the studio. Cool. So we went by Focus Studio. Focus in there working on the soundtrack or something. I'm just soaking it all in. Then he just shut everything down. He's like, all right, come on. Going to uh, record one. I said, that's Dr. Dre Studio. Yeah. I said, um, okay. I sent Mark a text message. And I was like, did he say record one? Or are we about to, <laughs> yeah. like, are we, like, are we going to get some food first? Are we yeah. going to prep for this? He's like, nah, just be ready. And he was texting. He was like, make a playlist of songs because uh dre is gonna want you he's gonna ask you to play something oh if he God. find it if he know you're a producer Oof. so my stomach started hurting immediately <laughs> <Am I too? laughs> was, yeah for real i'm sitting here I'm, I'm, gas I'm, oh, shit. it was so bad y'all so nervous because when you pull up you can't even tell it's so cold like it's on santa monica you can't even tell yeah you wouldn't even know like i don't even know it's like a fortress it's just, yeah it's weird it's just you wouldn't even know his studio is there so we walk in, and the first thing you have to do, you have to sign a yeah. non-disclosure. That's just yeah. what it is. Like, so I was just nervous. My hand was shaking while I was signing. <laughs> What's security like at a place like that? Uh, you know what? It wasn't. It wasn't that bad because, like I said, it's a place you wouldn't know. I got like, you. So I got you. It's adequate. It's, yeah, <laughs> you gotta have the code. It's it's a whole bunch. It's, okay. It's like all right. You, you signed the NDA. Your your hand is shaking. My hand is shaking, and of course I see. I mean, Focus is walking in with us, but you know this is nothing for Focus. He walking in, just like, yeah, what's up, hey y'all, yeah. So he got like a permanent day one the and job. shit. This is like Tuesday for him. Meanwhile, this exactly. is the mo- right. biggest That's, moment of your life. Yes, and mind you, this is like seven o'clock. It's like seven o'clock. 
walk in and that was during the time the rockets and warriors was going at it i think or was it before wait Ma'am, you took the picture. I know. I'm sorry. Hold on. Like, I'm thinking because I'm no, living through you I'm about right to get now. To, I'm about to get to something which, like, I keep saying relationships, and it don't have to always be about music. It was Rockets was playing somebody. I think the Warriors was about to be next. We was on the roll. You know, we was killing it, and I think that's when Dr. Dre was just sitting there, and it was just like, oh, I couldn't believe it. So the right, game how close were on. you to him? Bro, they were right. in the like, same picture, bro. Same I know that part, but like before you actually like, <laughs> like it, it has to be a bubble or something. He shit. shook me. He was like, "Hey, I, duh, uh, Dre." He was like, "Dre." I'm thinking like, "Duh, I know." You know, <laughs> yeah. that's how he does. Like he's super nice and super cool and just humble. He they sitting there watching the game and we just sat in a chair. We was watching the game. The Rockets was on. Matter of fact, that was the night that James Harden made somebody fall with that step back. He fell bad, got up, oh, and he uh, shot the three in his face. What's his name? What team was that? It was Utah, I think. Maybe. It was disrespectful. It was very disrespectful, but. Oh. I mean, he disrespects a lot of motherfuckers. But James when he Harden fell and waited till he got up and then shot, hit the three, well, I forgot. Uh, he stepped on his foot, but I mean, we'll, oh, we'll let him in. We'll man. let him in. Go back and watch it. Go back to YouTube, no, I promise. Man, no. Excuse me. I'm sorry, I'm but sorry. I have to, I apologize, but I have to tell you about something about Franco. And it's not that he doesn't like James Harden, but this man once um, compared James Harden to number 45. <laughs> you know which number 45 I'm speaking of? The one who sits at 1600 Penn, Pennsylvania Avenue. That was that bullshit. Back to your story, man. <laughs> see. Okay, so that was that. That's when the Rockets was really killing it. So I'm there quiet and stuff. I'm just, I didn't know what to, I mean, I don't, I didn't know what to say. And then that's when Focus, him and Focus was talking. And then Dre was like, you know what? I bet anybody, I bet the Warriors are going, um, who won to bet against the Rockets? That's what it was. Everybody got quiet. I was like, oh, this is my moment. Me. And then Focus was like, no, 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 don't do it. He was giving me like the hand oh. signals like, no. <laughs> so Dre was like, oh, really? Yeah. I was like, I'm from Houston, so I feel like it's only right. I was like, Rock is going to beat the Warriors. He like, all right, what you want to put on it? I said, hmm? <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> what you mean? Yeah. It's a billionaire asking me what I want to put on it. What? He's like, we can at least start at five. I can, I, that's the lowest. I five, can like five dollars? Five hundred dollars. <laughs> so Mark jumped in like, nah, I'm going to do it. I, I bet with her. And he's like, you know what? We'll We'll figure it out after the Warriors win. Okay. So, you know. That night, I'll make a long story short, cause you know. But anyway, it was—he's always working on music. Right. It was seven o'clock. We didn't leave till five, six the next morning. But that's how he is. He does that every day. He still works on music like he didn't make it. Uh, it's, it's a real passion. When I say him and the team that's seven to seven, like. You're not leaving until he leave, and he's not leaving till like seven, eight, nine in the morning. So wow. At what point did uh, was there a point where hey, uh, can you play something for me? Yes. Yeah. Let, let's. Okay. Um, yeah. After you the bet and everything. You, you played know, music for Dr. Dre. I this played shit music is for Dr. It was the the scariest moment of my life because I put the playlist together, but I was just like, Lord, I hope I don't even really know because I mean, compa compared to what he's done and what they make over there you know west coast music is so instrumental it's so beautiful it it's so hard it's so clean it's so i love it like i love it so i was just like i wonder if the mixes are good like is he gonna pick it apart but 
I played some stuff, and he he faces the um, what is that called? The SSL, the boards. Yeah. He's facing the boards, and I'm in the back. Like he have, I'm in the back. That's where he have the ox cord. So if his head not moving, he not feeling it, feeling it, and he gonna be like, all right, next. Yeah. Like next one, but until he say next, you just keep going. But when I hit play. You know, his head was still for a minute, and then he started bobbing. He started turning around. He turned around. He was like, you did this? Wow. He was like, okay, next one. I'm like, cool. <laughs> 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 um, but the music was so loud. It's so loud. He plays the music so loud to the point, like, it's, it's earplugs. So that's not a myth. Every, I remember hearing about it, like, how Dr. Dre liked his music. The studio is already crazy, but it's so loud. If he love it, it's going to be louder. So I put the earplugs in for a second, and <laughs> this is where I messed up. I had the earplugs in, and he was like, you know, go to next, and I'm still playing stuff. By this time, you know, I'm done sweating. I'm like, all right, you feeling cool. yourself I'm a little in bit. here. And he said something to me, and I he said it again, and I was like, huh? And I was like, I took the earplugs out. He was like, you got earplugs in? I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was just loud and you know i already had a headache you know but it was like whatever i didn't even want to add that part i was like yeah i had a man he was like nah that's where you messing up you don't listen to music through your ears you listen to it through your heart you gotta feel it he's like don't do earplugs now nah. he's like you a producer what the fuck you got he's, a video photo that's a, i guess <laughs> for the other people i don't know for grandmas mamas that's the, that's the litmus test oh uh, that's how it okay. weeds them out Okay. Yeah, but they said a lot of people got kicked out of his studio before. Like, if he not feeling it, he just, just he just not feeling it. So I got here. Nope, yes. nope, nope. But luckily, I mean, he gave me he critiqued. He was just he told me what to work on, and yeah, that was it was dope. I was still I'm like shaking thinking about it. I, I'm watching. It was a moment. I was just like, holy shit! And I thought I was really about to get in trouble. But since then, like, we've been super cool. Like, even when Mark went back. Because uh, they have a relationship now. It's outside of music. So it's dope that just, it's like Dr. That Dre is, is calling, checking up. Hey, how y'all doing? Oh, yeah, I'm just on the yacht, chilling, you know, vacation. Out here just blue, 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 blue some racks. It's and nothing. talking about basketball. Yeah. And it was the bet because the bet was still going on. Yeah. And the Rockers, of course, I mean, they of let me down. They got their ass whooped. Hey, man. I don't hear nah, that shit. Chris Paul got hurt. Yo, weak-ass Lakers. LeBron the GM and shit, or excuse me, Rich Paul the GM now. Whoever the fuck. Why y'all mad? I'm not. I, you know what? I was a Lakers. I was a Lakers girl, but then Kobe left, and then I was just like, okay. Which Kobe? Twenty four eight. This is always the question. Dude, it's the same Kobe, man. Right. It's the it's same Kobe. The same. It's he the left. same Kobe. He he left. I mean, he didn't really leave. The no. game was just it was over with. For I mean, him. he tore his I mean, Achilles. He and... tore, after that, I was just I, I ain't gonna lie, I cried a little bit. I I I cried. Tears came that out of tough. my eyes. He was hurt. It was just it, he still shot the free throw. It yeah, I knew it was moment. over. Like he came back and you know it just wasn't. If he would have retired then, like even though that Achilles injury was like sad as shit, like he would have still went out on top, but. Doesn't always go like. While that. we're right here, Kawhi Leonard predictions. I think he's gonna go back home. You think Kawhi want to go back home? But I, he should stay. I would stay. Like I don't know, man. That guy's so hard he's to like, put a finger yeah. on. He's very. <laughs> you know, 
Like, I don't he's know what he's about. I don't know either. Like, like I just like, found out yesterday on Twitter that he has two children. Like I had oh, no really? fucking idea. Yeah, and he has a long term girlfriend. Yeah, I, I, I heard know. about the girlfriend, but it was only because I watched uh, Ibaka's yeah. Chef Show. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where they eat weird stuff, and he yeah, he, he's got yeah. like two kids. I yeah, like no I would have never known that until See, I'm today years old with that one. For real. Like I don't. Yeah, you. Like if I, he's actually kind of losing money. He could probably be the world's best poker player if he just. Well, I mean, he's to. one of the best NBA players, so he's doing something right. Well, uh, we're kind of running up on time here. Uh, Mike B has been very gracious to loan us the space to be able to record in here and be able to interview you, Charity. Uh, we could talk all night. There's still a bunch of stories that are left to be uncovered, which we we'll probably get to in the future. But when we wrap up these shows. We have one last thing to ask yes, her before. Sir. What's next before we wrap up? Other than God Level, what uh, is the next project that you're working on? That, that you can talk I about. Wish. That you can talk about. I can't. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really can't. It is not that I don't want to. It's like I would love to, but I just want it to stick because I feel you. I it's been so many times. It's like, yes, I'm going to be on this album or this is going to come out. And then it's okay. shit happens. Sample clearances and all kind of crazy stuff. But it's some good shit coming I'm assuming. Man, look, God level, Dante Higgins, that's that's been our main focus. We got Dante, we got him sounding crazy. He on steroids, we got him on steroids, like crazy. Okay. So we're really gonna put a lot into our own, like to our artists and just figure it out from there. And it's it's fun. Is that, did I just hear a label drop? Is this a <laughs> cause that's what I heard. Into our artists. I mean, Okay. All right. I just want to make sure, you know, because here's the other thing, too. We hear a lot of male label owners. You know what I'm saying? That's true. But as far as owning a label, being the head, I'm going to say CEO, founder, co-founder. I don't hear a lot of that. I hear a lot of, you know, there's women that are the presidents of labels and presidents of A&R, presidents of this, presidents of that. But label owner um Fixer, we'll get back shaker, to that money maker we'll, we'll get back to that on the where are they now episode or whenever you know uh, we plan on taking this on the road and we might pop up in atlanta one of these days oh man i can't wait till we get the bus but with that being said uh we as franco was alluding to uh we often ask our guests to leave us with words of wisdom and it could More be than, anything. And it could be anything. A lot of stuff, you know, I take a lot of things to be prophetic, but it doesn't have to be. Don't feel put on the spot. Just like, what's on your mind right now? Uh, nugget of knowledge. Yeah, right now, it's just like, do you be consistent? Um, and I just want to tell people, like, it's funny coming back home because I don't think people realize, like, social media and the internet, like, it's, it's for oh, real. Should, like, yeah. let's persistency and consistency content yep keep putting out dope shit like don't hold back and that's that's why i'm excited about god level because it's not gonna be the things that we put out i don't i don't want it to be in the dark anymore like why it's great music just sitting yeah like if you feel like it's dope put the shit out that's what the streaming services collect your money from that like you don't have to be a celebrity or be famous build your loyal fan base just from being you and that's being dope people like you more than 
you think like just do you and put out dope shit that's i mean i really can't say anything better than that but what i will tell you is that i'm tex of the night shift by doing dope things and i'm franco and uh we'll catch y'all next time peace what is what else is there to say what a great interview all right guys peace out